to the second episode of Psych Mike. Today, we're actually going to be exploring men's mental health with special guests Lewis and Brandon. And so I hand it over to Steph and Will to kick us off. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and chat. Would you mind introducing yourselves a little bit for our listeners today? No problem. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. My name's Lewis and I worked creating a mental health service, which I'm no longer a part of. And I'm also studying engineering and business at university. Hi, I'm Brandon. Once again, thanks for having me. I am currently a worker for a suicide prevention hotline and have been for the past year and a half. And that's a lot of my lived experience and and going through other people's lived experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Probably just dive right into it today then. Big broad question for you. What do you think are the main issues that uh, men might be facing today? Um, so I think that a lot of it is kind of what you see online and people talking about those kinds of things. I think one of the biggest things that I've heard, um, are one, a lot of problems with relationships and building relationships. I think men very much struggle, especially coming into a more socially diverse and understanding kind of world. I think men are Trump finding it difficult to adjust, particularly away from traditional values. And then I think that it's that transition period that are creating a lot of the biggest issues for men, as well as just not having a lot of support, not necessarily in services, but just in understanding what their role in society is now. Wow, I think that's a pretty great answer, not going to lie. I definitely think the lack of... um Wanting to progress to more progressive values and wanting to hang on to traditional things is something we're seeing a lot of online and we're seeing a lot of in young guys who are distancing themselves from like a progressive world that we're walking into. But as far as like the single biggest problem that like men are facing, I don't necessarily think there is one problem. And I think it's really hard to categorize all men into one space and say there's one thing. I think for me and the people in my friend groups and the people I've been around personally, I think loneliness is a significant problem. And I think that that can present itself in like many different ways. Some people who withdraw from people, some people are the center of attention and still feel lonely and don't have the deeper connections that we need as humans. So I think that loneliness and like a kind of a lack of understanding of how to have like healthy, in-depth and genuine relationships is probably one of the biggest problems. And that affects, that causes a lot of trickle down things for people and men. Do you guys have any kind of thoughts on what might be causing this, the association to loneliness for men at the moment? I think it's an extremely complex topic because loneliness is something that's a bit like, uh, it's a compounding thing. So as someone who feels lonely will then withdraw from people uh, and therefore become more lonely and therefore experience more anxiety when around other people. So therefore they want to withdraw more. So I think one of the biggest things that causes loneliness is loneliness. And I know that sounds extremely counterintuitive because it kind of is, but I don't think that there's necessarily like, again, one root cause of that, but I think a root solution and a root way to actually deal with these things is young, especially young guys, teaching them from a very young age through that, through parents, through schooling systems, through friendship groups, just talking to your friends, teaching them how to properly express how they feel about situations and therefore also share those feelings with people around them where they feel validated and feel as though they are able to like that's a genuine thing for them to feel however they feel because loneliness it's a feeling like someone who's super popular can feel lonely so being able to express that can help build break it down before it gets to a point where it's really really hard for people to deal with but i don't necessarily think that there's 
again, like one thing that's causing it because it's such a complex thing. It could be someone's family situation. It could be something that they experienced as a kid. It could be their friendship circles that just make them, that don't give them the full level of connection that they're yearning. But I definitely think that our push to like a more technological age has only increased the amount of loneliness in society. Like for hundreds of years, people lived in small communities and now we all move to big cities with millions of people and travel all around. So we let go of a lot of our sense of community that we had for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And I don't necessarily think that's bad. I love technology, but I do think that that adaptation towards a new technological world has created a massive amount of loneliness in society. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the cause. It's just another factor contributing to people's loneliness. Yeah, I think I would agree with most of what Lewis has said, just mainly around that one, the idea of kind of a cascading effect to where people kind of get themselves into a bubble that's really hard to get out of when you start feeling really bad, especially with mental health, can be really easy to get stuck in that way. And I think that social media, as I think a lot of people have kind of realised, contributes very heavily to this. Just in the, I suppose, that problem of not being able to see clear, defined ways of kind of finding that solution to loneliness. Whereas in the past, a lot of it was, you know, going out and seeing people. Nowadays, a lot less happens online or in real life and a lot more happens online. And I think that that's a large part of what has contributed to the problem with loneliness, particularly in young men. And then with older people, it's kind of the same sort of thing. But I think also even things like um, workplaces becoming more varied, um, working from home becoming a bigger thing, things like that, I think are creating a lot of problems within young men and also older men who are struggling with loneliness. Mm, 100%. I feel like it's a massive positive feedback loop, especially the way that society is developing today with technology. And you're 100% right. Community is a very different word to what it meant mm. 20 years ago, 50, 100 years ago. Like, it's changing so quickly these days. Do you think you've had any personal experiences that you could probably vouch for seeing these changes happen um, or, you know, kind of interactions you're seeing other people have with these changes? Um, I mean, I have a, a lot of personal experience with this specifically, and that's probably why I brought it up. I think that with like technology and stuff like that, I've always really struggled to consistently like message and do anything around social media. I find it, I don't know, I, I just really struggle with it. I guess it causes me some amount of anxiety, which is funny because socialising doesn't. But then in doing that, when I don't respond to people's messages and things like that, I end up feeling 10 times worse about that, which causes me not to respond for longer, which yep, means yep. I ghost friends for six months, years, and I feel awful about it. And I literally am lying awake in bed. And Brandon's, I've done this to Brandon a million times. I've done this to all of my friends a million times where I'm lying in bed thinking about, I really want to message that person, but I feel so guilty over not messaging. And I think that that's a really great example of the loneliness cycle directly impacting me. And that's, that's a direct cycle as well. Obviously the loneliness cycle can be indirect. It can be, oh, I'm seeing people less and therefore I'm feeling a bit weirder about social stuff. That's less of a direct relationship to I'm not messaging and now I feel guilty about not messaging. But I think that that's a way that like is very much... Uh, has impacted me and I know that before going going up in early high school and primary school it was really easy because oh I'd see a friend once every couple weekends that I wouldn't feel that there's an expectation to text every night I wouldn't feel that there's an expectation to respond within a certain amount of time and because of that assumed expectation which I'm not blaming any of my friends I put that on myself but because of that assumed expectation I therefore feel really really awful about not meeting those expectations 
And a lot of that, you know, technology, we're the first generation to grow up with phones. So we don't really know the social etiquette for a lot of these things. We're, we're only developing that as we go. So it's not like this is something that's been ingrained for hundreds of years and all these expectations are put on me. It's just the expectations that I've adapted. And I don't know why, but that's the way it is. So I definitely think that that's, that's an example of how it's really seriously impacted me. And that's, that's why I no longer talk to Kyle because I didn't respond to him very often and he got really upset who I ran Atma with. So yeah, it's definitely something that's affected me. And a lot of my friends around me are similar. Yeah. I really like the, the way you're talking about, like you hit the nail on the head for the communication side of it. Cause I think that's a huge issue of like, how do we kind of communicate these feelings that we're having on the inside, which it's like um, a lot of the idea of the masculinity at the moment is that you can't express these um, feelings that are going on. And so for somebody who's kind of seeing that from the outside, it's like, okay, maybe that means to have no emotion at all. When you kind of get exposed to that, then you actually don't know how to kind of regulate and communicate like you're saying. And because it's such a happened so earlier on, we don't know when we start progressing further into like trying to leave high school when you're saying about socialising is all quite easy in that context. You're around everybody, so you can just jump on, have a real-life conversation. But when you leave that, chucking it to online, it's like a completely change again, and you haven't built up that communication skills. You're right. Like, how are you supposed to establish your understanding of how to communicate when you haven't kind of learned it earlier on? And so that change into the social world, yeah, nailing it on the head for it makes it really difficult. So I like your point on that. Yeah, and I think that kind of to tag along with that, and especially what Lewis was saying around, like, the idea of, um, I suppose having an anxiety around messaging people and just even, you know, the bare communication to maintain a friendship, things like that, you know, it can make it incredibly difficult to be able to, you know, facilitate friendships and to keep them. And the side of the coin that you don't really see is when some, one person, you know, stops messaging people because they're going through mental health issues, it affects the other person on the other end of the line who they might only be reaching out to the one person or two people. And so when one person's going through that mental health, you know, it might be an episode, it might just be a problem that they're dealing with. It can very easily fall back onto the other person to where now they're cut off as well. And now they're talking to people less. And you can very quickly fall into a, a hole where all of these people have stopped talking to all of their friends because they've lost them one by one. And it can be a really quick problem that grows and it's really kind of unforeseen. You know, back in the day, you know, you could say like calling people on the phone or like sending letters. And at that point, you know, people would just stop calling each other. And very quickly, you know, you lose a lot of friendships that way. And now it's cascading into our current social world on social media where most all of our interactions are online um, or not in face-to-face. And so I think that that's a big chunk of it is just people kind of falling off of that, not adjusting properly to it. And then on top of that, I think that it's kind of what I was talking about before with we're going into a much different world when it comes to progressivism, things like that. Um, I suppose a lot of people talk about masculinity and what it means to be masculine these days. I think that a lot of people find a lot of difficulty in understanding what their role in society is, um, particularly as men. And like at work, I've spoken to many particularly young men who have had this issue, who have called up with suicidal thoughts, who are going through a period where they just don't feel like they have a place because they want to go out and they want to do certain things, but the world is kind of telling them that those things are toxic, things like that. 
Um, and I think that it's we're only just coming to understand what these things are. And so the grey areas are very blurred. And so sometimes things like, you know, liking fast cars, things like that, um, men are starting to not understand whether it's okay to like those yeah. things. Um, and men are starting to not understand, is it okay for me to like watching MMA? You know, is it okay for me to like these things? And a lot of people are getting a very kind of whiplash effect, even when it comes to a lot of the more broad issues that are opening up. It's becoming very, I suppose, one side or the other. And a lot of people are finding themselves on one side and they don't find a way across. So they lose a lot of connection with people. Yeah, putting that kind of spotlight on what is kind of masculine and also putting such a target for it to be changed. It's like now questioning what is okay and what isn't. It's like their rule book's kind of changing a lot on what is uh, considered masculine and what's kind of, like you said, all these other categories that are just traits to that kind of come with it. It's all uh, under questioning now. So, yeah, it's Mm. quite a hard uh, way to place yourself, as you said, with your role in society of, like, where do you fit in now? And so, yeah. That continual questioning is a real important part that you've just kind of brought up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's something that is going to be, like, I don't know that there's an easy solution to that. Going through big change, particularly societal change, that is going to happen, you know, even when it comes to rights for different groups, it can be very easy to lose, you know, where are we going with that? And a lot of people are going to get lost in in that change and it's kind of trying to just help those people or try and find a place for them in that kind of society. In terms of helping kind of people potentially find their place in society like you're talking about, are there resources that are available and do you think that those resources are actually effective in helping the issues that we're seeing? Yeah, so it it really depends on the way that you kind of are looking for those resources. So... I suppose to to say just outright name some, you know, we have men's line here in Australia where you're able to call and talk to men about men's issues um, and get kind of ways with that. Um, But there are also lots of online kind of chat rooms, things like that, going in, being able to talk to people about your issues. And there are people online, influencers that can be really good for positive ways to deal with mental health. And yeah, it's kind of just finding the resources that are going to work for you. But I think the main thing is just that as long as you keep on looking, there are always going to be resources there. And it doesn't just have to be for men's mental health. You know, if you're having a mental health issue and you're a man, that doesn't mean that you're restricted to only men's mental health. You you can still call things like Beyond Blue, Lifeline. You can call different services for various reasons. And all of those resources are there for you to help figure out whatever it is that you're going through. So from your personal experience on that, how successful do you think these kind of resources have been? It's very up in the air. It's very much if it works for you, it works for you. Um, I've talked to plenty of people who have sworn by certain services like Men's Line, who have sworn by going online And even things just like talking to friends, a lot of people find that, you know, that's their way of dealing with it. And that's why I say it's very much, you just kind of have to find what works for you. I find that a lot of people who look and they look enough generally find the help that they're looking for, but it can be very quick. It can be very easy to become quickly discouraged from trying to look for those resources. But from my personal experience in talking to people, it seems that those outlets are incredibly helpful, assuming that you find the people that you're looking for. 
I think it definitely it's relevant to the individual and relevant to, again, like Brandon was saying, certain things will help certain people and other things won't. For me personally, I've used Headspace multiple times over the course of my life to find great psychologists. And that's been a huge resource for me and made a, a massive impact on my mental health. So I, I'm a huge advocate, but I know many, many people who go through that and didn't find the right psychologist and didn't have the best experience. And therefore it wasn't the thing it was for me. So a lot of things have been very, very different. And for me growing up, like struggling with my biggest mental health, one of the biggest supporters was Brandon. Like we talked about my mental health almost every weekend for years and having that friend that I could talk about those things with was huge. So I think that that almost played more of a role than Headspace. And Brandon is a resource I could access whenever I wanted. So I think that there is a lot of resources out there, but the important counter to that is there's also a lot of negative information especially when we start talking about the internet there are lots of people online that can get you motivated to go to the gym which is a great resource for your mental health and your physical health there are lots of people that can motivate you to achieve more from what you want but those people or different people can also motivate you to be like what we were talking about before be pushed to one side of an ideology or even just disencourage you because you see all these people going to the gym and getting jacked and you don't feel like that's you so therefore you feel sad. So I think that all of these things are great. We live in an era where we have access to the most information ever in human history. And that's amazing. But you've got to actually find the information. And there's a lot of other information there. So you can find the wrong information. And I think it's really important that, yeah, all these services are here. But A, the people have to look for them. And sometimes when people are struggling, they're not going to want to look for them. They don't think things can get better. And they don't want things to get better because they don't know how good things can be. And that's awful. It's sad. And hopefully their friends can encourage them or just be that for them. But the other side is even when people do look for information, if they're in a susceptible ideology or a susceptible headspace, sorry, and if they're not just 100%, it's really easy for them to be indoctrinated into a certain thing or even just find stuff that ends up being worse for them. So I think that as much as there is all these amazing resources, it puts a lot of accountability on the individual. And when people are struggling with mental health, that's a really difficult thing for them. And I think that it's important that we understand that the internet isn't perfect, especially, especially the internet. And we, as a society, work out how to address that. I don't know how to, but I think that that's a really, really important thing that has to happen yeah. for it to be good. You're definitely onto it there because, like, uh, putting that responsibility on the individual can be pretty tough. So I'm going to see, do you reckon there's any um, advice you might give for ways for people who don't exactly aren't related to the issue themselves but they can offer as support from an external place? Would you have any kind of... Uh, to offer ex uh, support to, like, a friend who's struggling Like, or for example, me as a, you know, 20-year-old Caucasian female, if, you know, one of my guy friends came to me for advice or something like that, what, like, what direction should they take? How should they navigate that? I think that that's a, it's a really hard one to just address in a broad thing because it's really relevant to the person's issues. If they're just dealing with something that's just upsetting them, sometimes listening to them and just saying, I can't understand that because I'm not there, but I can hear you and I can see that you're hurting. That can just be enough to make them feel validated and make them feel like they've got a support mechanism in you and that's all they need. For other people, it's obviously going to be a much more difficult and much more complex and grey conversation. But I think always genuinely listening to the other person's perspective is the key thing. You can't help someone if you're not even listening to their problems. And that means putting off all of your bias, putting off everything and just listening. And I think secondly, doing things like, 
I know this, this is what everyone talks about, but for me, it's made a huge difference. And I think for my friends, it's also made a huge difference. Helping your friends just maintain a basic healthy lifestyle is really, really, really good and will help them with their mental health. So even just things like saying like, hey, you know, you stay up late every night and that's obviously going to mean that you're not creating a proper sleep cycle and sleep cycles, how you're going to balance your cortisol and how you're going to do all of those things, which is going to be really important for keeping your mental health on track. Just show and showing your friends through your lifestyle living a lifestyle where you take care of yourself. And I'm not talking about going to the gym every day or calorie counting or doing anything crazy. I'm just talking about doing the basic stuff, going for a walk in the afternoon when you're a bit stressed, stuff like that. And showing that your, your friends that that's a lifestyle they can lead will give them a level of control over their mental health. But again, that's all really super surface level stuff. And if they're dealing with something like trauma, that's not going to be the response. So it is really relevant to what the individual is going through. from in my opinion at least yeah and i suppose that like a lot of that i think is incredibly valuable advice to give to people is just a lot of it is going to come down to really basic stuff it's not going to be huge extravagant changes in your life that are going to make huge differences for you it's usually going to be those small things that we don't pay attention to but i think that the biggest piece of advice that i would give somebody who's looking to help the people around them and they're not sure how they can do it where I work, I talk to so many people that I have no clue about anything that they do. Like I'll talk to farmers who you know, may have lost everything in a bushfire. I've got no clue about how that feels. I can't relate to that person. There's no way that I can possibly relate to that person. And at the end of the day, when you don't have that experience, the person who's talking to you isn't looking for you to tell them that you know how that feels. They're looking for you to just listen to what they're going through and to be able to understand not the feeling that they have, but the fact that they have that feeling. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're talking to somebody, and I think a really big thing to remember, especially when we're talking about men's mental health, is that they will, there will be things that you won't be able to understand. There will be things that you won't agree with. People will feel ways that you will not understand, you won't accept But I think the biggest thing is just being able to sit there and remember that this person is going through just a really hard time and they just want somebody to talk to. Some people won't want somebody to talk to. Some people will, you know, want somebody to hang out with. They'll want other things. Just try to be there for that person in whatever way you can. And even if that means just sitting there for half an hour with someone saying absolutely nothing, you know, if that means that you sit there and then they say something incredibly difficult and you just ask them one question every now and then you know sometimes that can help a person to get through a lot of incredibly difficult things and yeah I suppose the the number one piece of advice the the footnotes of all of that is just if you can't understand what they're going through um, if you can't relate then don't try to try to just be there for the person you're not there for a man you're not there for a person who's gone through something you're there for somebody who's hurting and that's what it is at the end of the day you know a lot of people say we're all human and that's really what it comes down to is that if lewis is hurting i don't have to think of him as this is lewis that's hurting i just have to think that there's a person that's hurting and that's what it comes down to and even if you can understand their experience just keep that in mind all the time So maybe just to wrap up today, should we have a chat about what limitations we can see in seeing a change with these issues and seeing a shift in deeper structural issues? Like what's kind of making this change slower than what it really needs to be? I think number one, it's just it's a big change. 
It's a lot of change. It's a lot of things that were already there. It's a lot of things that were pre-existing, but they're new ways that they're coming out. And I think especially just with seeing mental health, a lot more people are paying a lot more attention to it and, you know, understanding what's wrong with you, understanding that there might be things wrong with you can be really hard for a lot of people. I think that that's a lot of the biggest limitation that we're seeing within it. But I think that at the same time, it's something that is, you know, as I was saying before, it's a necessary change. It will happen. we, We can't stop it. It's a snowball. It's already going downhill. But I think the the main thing at the moment that I think is limiting it, that is making it worse, is just that people are very divided. I think that a lot of people have very different views on it. I think that people have started seeing so many different opinions because of the fact that you can go on like Instagram or Facebook and you can see only the opinions you want or you can see a hundred of the other ones and you can do it straight away. I think people are starting to forget that there's a person behind that profile picture and as a person that has that belief and people have kind of they'll start seeing arguments from the other side and they'll instantly discredit them and that can be really reflective onto men's mental health in the same way that you know if you have it's like a bystander effect you know if you have a hundred people standing there bullying one person you know it's really easy to join in or walk past it's very very easy to do it I think that that is exacerbated hugely by the fact that people are getting a huge bystander effect. When they see people who believe in what they believe in, it's really easy to quickly start believing in that. And then even with that kind of thing, you'll have a lot of people who go online and talk about their issues, and a lot of people can just scroll past it and not think twice. And it's really easy to do. You know, I'm not condemning anybody for doing it. You know, if you're going online and you see somebody say something... And you can think, I don't really care about that. That doesn't actually affect me. It's natural. But at this point, I think it's... We're seeing just an issue in that there are so many people that can link in so many different ways. It's an amazing thing, but it leads to a lot of sticky situations where people kind of forget about people. I don't necessarily think it's that slow. I think it's actually really, really... It's happening very, very quickly. Like, if we look at the past 25 years, the amount of things from, like, gay marriage to LGBTQI plus rights, I think that's the current term. I might be out of date on that. But all of these things have progressed really quickly. And I have family members who fit into those communities and fit under, like, personality disorders and other things like that, that for tens, 20, 30, 40 years went undiagnosed or unrepresented. And now they're facing represent, not facing representation, they're getting representation in all of those areas. So I think that firstly, it is happening really quickly when we think about how long societies existed and how long our traditional values have been in place. So I'm, I'm honestly, I'm really proud of humanity. I think that there's a lot of people slowing us down, but I think for the most part, we're making amazing progress in a really, really quick rate. I do think, though, that social media is definitely creating what I would like to call echo chambers of people who they they find themselves on one side of the political spectrum and therefore attach themselves to every belief from everyone on that side of the political spectrum. And I, I would consider myself progressive, but I would also view myself as pretty much a centrist. I sit relatively in the middle politically. And I don't think that... It's a bad thing if people sit all the way to the left. I don't think it's a bad thing if people sit all the way to the right. I think what's a bad thing is when we get rid of a 
area for communication and a place where we can actually discuss these things and come to middle ground and f- not vilify the other person for disagreeing with your opinions. And I think that that goes on both ends. I obviously, especially with progressive stuff, I think that there are a lot of people who are not progressive and that really upsets me. But obviously it's important not to vilify those people and to understand where they're coming from, to help them understand where you're coming from. And the only way we move forward with a progressive society is with everyone. So you can't just leave past people that don't agree with you. And it's really important to have conversations where people will agree to actually listen in those conversations. So I think that one of the biggest reasons we're not having as much progress is because we're developing these extreme sides. And I think that politics in the past 10 years has really only further exacerbated that, especially overseas. So I'm hoping that in the future we see more people who are just willing to actually have a conversation about topics in order to get more progression in society. That is a very great answer to a very complex question. It's very hard to conceptualise that question. So I think um, the more that we can actually have a conversation, this is exactly back to your point, the more that we can have a conversation about it, the better off we're going to be for it. Um, so, yeah, it's been really great to actually chat to you guys. We'll yeah, probably guys. wrap it up there. But, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat to us. And I'm sure that all of the listeners are really going to find this chat valuable um, and hopefully we can make the world a little bit of a better place for it. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of it. Yeah. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us and especially for the good questions, you know, giving us that time to actually expand on those things and we really appreciated it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, guys. We'll end it there.